0: Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny.
1: I'm the Master of Scaremonies, Matt, and we are Square Horror. One, two, three, four. Ooh, punk breakdown. Punk
0: breakdown. I don't. I don't know any punk music offhand um, to to do a yeah, little I'm not, bit. I'm, not, a break... I'm a musical theater person. I don't. I don't do punk very often. So yeah, you I'm, guys I'm didn't. My you guys didn't do here. punk.
1: You guys didn't uh, get really into the Dead Kennedys in musical history.
0: No, we didn't, but I sure did use an ink song for one of my audition classes. Oh, so that's that was right. that was the extent of that. That's pretty cool.
1: I think I'm half con- I'm, I've gotten Nora half convinced to check out a, a ghost song for her pop unit. <gasps>
0: uh, hell yeah because I've
1: just been listening to a lot of ghosts and I'm like, it'd be cool if you did this. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of music uh, and punk music specifically, the movie we're covering today is a bit different. Uh, up yes. top it's a little bit different than normal uh, I classify it as a horror movie about halfway through I was like man I hope Danny is like okay with covering this movie <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it, you know it's it's horrifying but that's not really what makes it like a horror movie it's like a thriller which I concede mm-hmm. consider like grown up for lack of a better word horror movies uh, but yeah. some of them do skew more toward the horror end and I think those movies we should absolutely cover. Stuff like Silence yeah. of the Lambs is a good example of it. A lot of like
0: criminal Silence of the Lambs movies. is my is my perfect example for a thriller yeah. horror movie.
1: Yeah, this is like if a thriller horror movie also like was violent as fuck.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. This movie I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there from the get go. This movie is fucked. Yeah, this, this movie's, movie's fucked. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, I was like
1: because <laughs> I texted you. Earlier this week, like, can we do Green Room? Because I, I, I just saw it. had dropped on HBO Max.
0: Uh, it's available
1: mm-hmm. there right now for streaming. I, I think it just got added, so it should be there for a while. Yeah, it just and I was dropped like,
0: on December 1st.
1: I was like, a, a bunch of flood of great memories, of that, which is weird considering, uh, of mo- yeah. <laughs> uh, memories of this movie <laughs> came flooding back. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, I really want to watch this movie. And then I was like, wait, we should cover this. So I immediately texted him, like, do you have HBO Max available? And do you want to do Green Room? Uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't really assume... I I guess I did assume that uh, you had at least kind of been on the level. Because like I was telling you before we started recording, (laughs) I kind of just willy-nilly whipped this movie out as like, you guys should watch this. And I don't remember that not everyone is like on the level with me sometimes in terms (laughs) of content and things that are being thrown at them in this violent of a manner. Uh, So tell me about your experience...
0: Uh, so with yeah, this. so like I mentioned to you before we started recording, I get a couple different uh, green titled movies like I mix them up in my brain, specifically <laughs> Green Room, Green Inferno and Green Knight, which oh, from yeah. my understanding of all three of these movies are very different movies to have yeah. switched up in your head and Green it's Inferno all just based on the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The, and the title will get to how ominous it is, but like, Green Inferno is like about as violent, but it's, it's mm-hmm. not nearly as like, lingeringly horrifying. And speaking yeah. of The Green Knight, uh, that's an A24 movie that came out, I think, last Christmas or the year before, um, mm-hmm. on like, Thanksgiving or something. This is yeah. an A24 distributed movie, which is very and popular is... in the horror community, so I think that's more reason we could cover it.
0: Well, like, this is an early A24 movie, isn't it? Because this was 2015, 2016.
1: Yeah, it was just becoming its own as a studio. Because, like, we'll get into it when we uh, talk about the making. But this movie Mm -hmm. was, like, a a pretty low-budget-considering film festival movie. Uh, The Mm -hmm. writer and director had done um, other projects before that were pretty much, like, on the same level of, like, self-funded, self start, like, made-it-with-his-friends kind of thing. Uh, and he mm-hmm. just happened to get a lot of people involved with this movie, uh, and then he got it picked up by Eight Twenty Four as a wide release. It still didn't make a whole lot of money, but uh, it it's still fucking great.
0: Um, I yeah, it, it didn't it it didn't end up turning a profit, um, which is okay for movies like this because the thing that this movie really was known for was it made it onto a lot of um, film critics' top ten movies of the year list. Did it really? Um, it. On I'm, I'm looking off the IMDb page, and there's about I want to say probably 16 to 20 um, reviewers for different websites and media outlets and newspapers, which it made the top 20 or the top 10 movies of the year for them. Damn, which wow. is really impressive because yeah. it's not often that horror is actually like appreciated by uh, critics. Yeah, very often. But again, since it was A24 and it was a very different thing, it had specialty in that year based off of, um, sadly, one of the actors passed away, which Mm -hmm. we'll get into a little bit later. Um, It has nothing to do with the movie itself, but um, it, it did have a lot going for it in that year.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of awesome stuff about this movie. Like, this movie is like, yes, it's very violent, however... There's so much that's good about it. Like, there's so much that's worth, like, raving about, truly. And I'm really glad that it got the critical attention that it did
0: for that case. Yeah, and I think it's really important to note that, like, there are a lot of horror movies that are very violent for violence's sake. This one is very violent in that it is realistically violent. And, like, all of the injuries that people sustain are how it would actually happen if this were happening in real life. (laughs)
1: To, like, a disturbing To almost degree. a disturbing degree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, man, let's fucking get into it. So, this is 2015's uh, Green Room. Uh, so, yeah, just, this um,
0: released at Cannes Film Festival in 2015, but yeah. got its uh, worldwide and theatrical release in 2016.
1: Oh, okay. So, it did get, I think, maybe more of a bigger rollout after
0: uh, Anton Yelchin died, right? It got its release... Um, for theatrical right before he passed away. Because oh, this was oh, Anton right. Yelchin's last film that yes. um, released in theaters before he passed away. Yeah, Because um, it was... A24 got distribution after it premiered at Kane's Film yes. Festival in 2015. And they gave themselves a year to, like, figure out how to market it and send it out to theaters. Yeah, man. And it's
1: it's interesting to, to get into it, like, with... Um... Like just the ang- the angle that it came onto the scene with, it's so mm-hmm. reflective of the main theme of this movie. It's very reflective of the director, uh, and we'll get into it as we as we lay out a lot about it. There's a lot of connections mm-hmm. between this movie and real life. Um, yes, in a very interesting artistic way, and it- it's it. It portrays something very authentic, but also very artistic at the same time. And that's mm-hmm. kind of rare. Not to sound like hoity-toity, but like that's pretty rare, I would say. Especially when it comes yeah. to movies just made... you know, Because he wanted to make a scary fucking violent green room horror
0: movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So this movie, for those that don't know, it's a punk rock band is forced to fight for survival... Uh, at a bar, in, when they're stuck in a green room uh, after witnessing a murder at this neo-Nazi-owned skinhead establishment. Uh, so because, that's yeah, another whole other aspect of this. Which movie. oh yeah,
0: but yeah. And I have to commend um, the writer and director on how he wrote this movie, bro. Yes, oh because absolutely. As much as it's like fucked up to think about who he's writing about. Everyone feels like real people in this movie. Everyone is acting in their own self-interest, whether it be for um, self-preservation or to squash out something that can make bigger problems later on down the line.
1: Yeah, and it it poses both sides against each other at a very fight-for-survival way. So it's not just the protagonists that are trying to fight to survive. It's the antagonists, too. And it's Mm -hmm. almost that gets into a subgenre that not a lot of people talk about where there's horror movies and just movies in general that explore like this like inherent dark side of humanity and it's honestly what i wish the purge movies covered cuz this is yeah. what terrifies me about like human nature is like at a certain level when the chips are down and humans just become animals fighting animals like mm-hmm. it's just can you out savage someone who is trying to kill you who is trying to kill you with as much ferocity and intensity as you Mm -hmm. are. Um, That's what I wish, like, The Hunger Games explored more. That's what I wish The Purge was about, like, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Because to me, that's such a dark, twisted, like, just fucking interesting topic to explore Mm -hmm. for
0: me. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, I know
1: it's not everybody's cup of tea, uh, but I Mm -hmm. like it.
0: (laughs) Well, like, the movie, it doesn't, like... Only give in to like the gratuity of human nature. No, not at it's all. It's also like a beautifully shot movie. Dude, it's with, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh.
1: Like, it's such I don't know who the director of uh,
0: uh, cinematography was on this movie, but they were working their ass off to make the most out of like dimly lit scenes that feel real rather than like dark for dark's sake for like a jump mm-hmm. scare in your average horror movie. Dude, there is this not one, a. Yeah, this is not that shit at all. The only. The only jumps, quote-unquote jump scares that are in these movies, or in this movie in particular, is moments that you probably already saw coming with the violence. Yeah. Which is real.
1: There is one, though, that got me. I almost peed my pants, but we'll get to it later. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was, like, so scared. Because everything in this movie, mm-hmm. like, guns sound like real guns. Uh, yeah. Like, the the sounds of murder, unfortunately, are authenticated. Uh, mm-hmm. but because of that and because of how it's shot, how it's lit, how it's written, how it's paced, how it's act, everything about it, it, mm-hmm. it all serves to put you right in the middle of the setting, wherever it is. Like you can feel it like almost on a sensory level, what it probably mm-hmm. feels like, what it smells like. I'm always hung up on like what it smells like. I don't know. Like it's just, yeah. it's such a, t- like they do a, such a great job of like establishing a tactile environment. Uh, that mm-hmm. really speaks, it's like a character and a living, breathing entity in itself that you're just a part of. Uh, it, it's, oh man. <laughs> the di- this, we mm-hmm. talked about the director, It's fucking great.
0: Yeah, let's get into this.
1: His name's Jeremy Saulnier. That's, it's a French, I looked up the pronunciation because I didn't want to fuck it up. Saulnier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's directed other movies that I have not seen, but now really want to check out like Blue Ruin and Murder Party, which are featuring, both of them are featuring a lot of the same people from this, as well as a Netflix original movie called Hold the Dark, which now that I know he directed it makes a lot of sense. That movie fucking Mm -hmm. rules. Okay, so he also, the director, he also wrote it, he said he was inspired uh, by movies like Straw Dogs, which is another movie in the same category that's kind of like, if The Strangers met Last House on the Left, Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you seen either of those, Straw Dogs or Last House on the Left?
0: I have not. Okay.
1: I don't know if we'll ever cover them. Uh, Some of them make me uncomfortable. Uh, But Mm -hmm. they do explore this very um, unexplored part of, like, human nature of, like, what do you do if, like, you're faced with, like, kill or be killed circumstances. Um, Okay, yeah. And, yeah. So, like, this is very much on the level there. Um, Mm -hmm. But what sets it apart and gives it its own unique style is that uh, Jeremy Salne was a punk as a kid. Like, he grew up in Mm -hmm. the punk scene. He played in a band. Uh, he had a lot of like real experiences to pull upon when he wrote this. He probably knew a, sh- mm-hmm. a, a lot of the type of shit that was out there uh, in this scene that gets that gets brought up in this movie. Uh, he's also said that uh, he also woke up in a van that was dead in the middle of a cornfield, like when he was just touring. <laughs> like that opening scene, like happened to him. It's mm-hmm. so, like he's he's really drawing from experience. Like this whole thing is very real. In that way. Mm-hmm. Do you know a lot about punk stuff, Danny? Are you, a, are you? Would you say you're down with it?
0: I mean, like, I'm a fan of punk stuff, but I don't feel like I'm, like, knowledgeable in, like, the punk scene, how it is. Um, cause, like, Neither am I, really. You know so... me. I'm a, I'm a nerd. Like, I don't necessarily fit in with, like, the real punk scene <laughs> that's out there. Yeah, um, and,
1: yeah, like, there's, a, there's um, a big thing in the punk scene is, like, being, like, true, like, true state, you know, like, being an authentic, true, like, by the book, you live what you preach, you mm-hmm. know, punk. And this band, like, is that. Uh, yeah. Like, it's this humble little punk band that's, bro, they're just in for it. Um, yeah. But, but like, again, like, they they're very humanized because the director probably knew a lot of people just like this. Um mm-hmm. even like the cover of the movie uh is a clash uh, the the clash the punk band it's a album cover it's like a it's an homage to that uh so like mm-hmm. the movie is true blue punk uh like they're idealists you know like they steal to get by like they're they're OG like they're they're not selling out or whatever the hell that means for them um but mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool like it's a cool character choice yeah I don't know, if you don't know punks very well, what was your impression of, of these few little kids?
0: <laughs> I mean, like, part of me was putting this in perspective of, like, the bands I do know and that I love. Um, like, I imagine, like, a young Ink group, like Spencer Charnis, oh, yeah. bumbling his way through this. That's pretty much um, how um, most Which I stand <laughs> by it. I really want to see uh, the members of Ice Nine Kills in a horror movie. Oh, Yeah. Uh, and I'd kind of like it to be something like this, but instead of them being against the odds, like I was telling you that I initially thought this movie was, I kind of want to see, like, a band versus band for survival. That'd
1: be dope. Uh, that would be right up. I the think that would just dope. be
0: so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'd be so down. I mean, yeah. with their music videos that they make already, they're down for stuff like that. Yeah, man. And speaking of which,
1: they there's a lot of, like, the soundtrack of this movie, too, is also very authentic and OG punk. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, they really do a lot to put you there and put you in the scene. Like, the venue, like, you really feel, like, if you've been to, like, a concert venue, like, that feels authentic. And if you Mm haven't, like, it does a great, it paints a really good picture of, like, how it feels to be there. Um, And on that note, like, the actors who played members of the band played all their own instruments. Like, the sound was dubbed, but, like, when they filmed it, like, mm-hmm. they actually played music. Um, yeah. And they either already knew how to play their instruments, like, um, I know two of them already did, and then uh, uh, yeah. the drummer learned how to play drums for this movie, which is pretty which sweet. Which is not easy. No, and that's it's not. An, that
0: is an undertaking. And punk drumming and I'm is impressed.
1: specifically difficult.
0: It's, oh, shit. Well, like, it's, to me... Punk drumming is a lot like jazz drumming in that it's very intricate. So, like, I put this guy who learned drumming for this movie on par with, like, Miles Teller for Whiplash, where he was doing his own drumming. Yeah. Like, those two are just, like, real. They put in a lot of work for that. And it's on screen for a couple of minutes, but they put in weeks of work for that to make it real. Yeah.
1: Well, and, like, that one scene where they're playing in, like, a Mexican restaurant. Like that was also yeah. like giving their fucking all to the, to mm-hmm. literally just hardcore punk music, and everyone's just eating enchiladas and shit. But apparently yeah. that was another real experience too. Like the director played a show. Like he literally That's did the hilarious. mean like what the fuck is up Denny's? Like he was those kids. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm like, yeah, it's interesting to see this group that, like, is trying to play gigs and see the gigs fall out from under them, and they just have to take whatever they can get. It's so oh, yeah. interesting to see that process at the beginning. It's like, dude, we're absolutely
1: uh, fucking broke, like, and we're in the middle of nowhere, and we live across the country. Like, we'll do whatever mm-hmm. it, whatever show to, like, just get fucking any amount of money.
0: Well, um, like, they literally steal gas just to get to their gig. Oh is yeah. How broke they are.
1: That's another very like, I remember like bands talking about like, yeah, we knew bands that like would like siphon gas, and I'm like, yeah, that tracks.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's you know, like, not it's ideal, just... but like we know it happens.
1: No, no, it's like they're but they're they're idealists, man. They're like, oh, geez, they're punk, they're actually mm-hmm. true blue, you know. They're so punk that they had just had to fucking be on brand and play anti-Nazi music at a skinhead club specifically mm-hmm. to piss them off. And I'm like, you guys, I love your cute little ideals, but, like, you're going to get killed.
0: Well, I was going to say, when they started that, I was like, oh, this is when it's all going to go down. Oh, they're going to die up there. Oh, I'm like, shit. oh, shit.
1: But, like... And then and it at gets a certain worse. point, then but <laughs> then immediately, like they opened their show with uh, a dead. Uh, There's a very famous Dead Kennedy song that's very anti-Nazi, and they opened their show with that, and mm-hmm. uh, everyone's fucking like upset and shit. And then he, he's like, "That was a cover. Here's some original shit." And then they just like tear into their own shit, and they win the crowd back. Which I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. that is kind of like very much of the scene to be like. I don't, like, respect what you're standing for, but, like, we're here to play punk music. I don't give a fuck. And it's, like, up Mm -hmm. to them, like, a big dick measuring contest to be, like, you gonna let us play or not? Or are you gonna kill us? And it's, like, shit, Mm -hmm. man. That's a little too intense for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would be so uncomfortable in that room. Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: Like, I think I'm a little hardcore, but, like, I'm not that hardcore. I won't die. (laughs) I won't stupidly die for my ideas. <laughs> uh, do you want to get into the cast, the band, and then uh, a couple so yeah, other let's, people?
0: So yeah, let's get into this cast for this movie. Um, we start with uh, my biggest draw for this movie was Anton Yelchin, uh, who plays Pat, the bassist of the band, uh, yeah. who I mostly know from the um, Kelvin timeline of the Star Trek movies. Which is the 2009 movie Into Darkness with Benedict Cumberbatch and Star Trek Beyond, which was the first movie that was released after Anton's death in 2016. Which I think he's another one of those actors who we lost too early. It is truly a shame that he passed away. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how he passed away, but I'm not going to delve into that because I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to sure. get into his thing. I, yeah, yeah. I um, but, but I do. But I do know him uh, also ahead.
1: from the Fright Night remake, um, which we'll probably end up covering someday on uh, Wonderful World remix. Um But he's mm-hmm. great in, in everything he's in. Uh, he's just like, you can always find like, oh, shit. Like, even if you don't know his name, you're like, oh, wait, I know that guy from some from like mm-hmm. some obscure thing or other.
0: Yeah, he's he's a great actor and he does really well in this movie. Uh um, Oh, yeah. Uh, then we have. He was,
1: I didn't know he was from Saint Petersburg. Like he's like from Russia. Oh yeah. Like, I didn't know that. I I found that when I was when I was just checking him out.
0: Well, yeah, because he's Scotty in Star Trek, so you th- would think he's like Irish.
1: Yeah, I I think they may. I, I actually could be talking completely out of my ass, but like I think at the time I thought it was like, oh maybe he like just imi- like his parents immigrated and then they just moved to Scotland and the kid grew up like as Scottish as fuck. Uh, but mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, then we have Aaliyah Shawcat, who plays Sam, the guitarist of the band. Um, anybody who's ever seen Arrested Development is going to recognize her. She was Maybe, um, which I still can't get over that name in that show. God damn it. <laughs> but uh, I, remember seeing I don't her really know on, her from anything uh, else.
1: I remember seeing her on Drunk History quite a bit um, in the like big, yes. long, like, hour-long special that they do with lin Manuel Miranda about Hamilton. Mm-hmm. She's Alexander Hamilton. Um, that's great drunk history will do that where they're like they'll just get actors of like all shapes and sizes to just like be in Mm -hmm. episodes when they have the time um but yeah she's also in arrested development which i know when kevin was watching it back when he was living here i saw more of that show uh so yeah Mm -hmm. i'm more familiar i'm like oh shit i remember her so like this movie has a, a cast of people that are like at least for me are all just from different things and when they come together mm-hmm. in this way, it's like, this just works. Like, it's so good.
0: <laughs> uh, then we have Joe Cole, who plays Reese, the drummer of the band. Yeah, uh, he was in Peaky are Blinders. People probably going know him from Peaky Blinders or Skins, which are both uh, big TV shows these days. Dude, Peaky uh,
1: Blinders is intense, but, like, you really got to pay attention to it. But, like, he's awesome in Peaky Blinders.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have uh, Callum Turner. Who plays Tiger, the singer, the singer of the band? He's great. Um, he was in the most recent um, Fantastic Beasts movie as yeah. I think uh he played. um He's oh, Newt what's, Scamander's what's brother. What's the guy's name? Yeah. Who, oh God, who plays Newt Scamander? What's his name? Um, Damn it, Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> there it is. That was gonna kill me. I swear. <laughs> He was also
1: in uh, the uh, uh, Anya Taylor Joy Emma that came out like a year or two ago, which is really a good, good movie. Really solid. I forgot such he was in good. it, but like it had a lot of like Harry Potter alum in it too. So that like kind of threw mm-hmm. me off. That yeah, and the uh, I really like the uh, little friendly like radio ki- like host punk kid that they like crash with at the beginning of the movie. Tad is his name. Who like hooks mm-hmm. up the gig that they end up being fucking stuck at. Uh, he's played mm-hmm. by this kid, David W. Thompson, um, who's really interesting because he was Scarecrow uh, in, on Gotham. Like the, when I think it was the like no later kidding. seasons of Gotham, he was Scarecrow. Uh, he was also mm-hmm. in the Boys, uh, the last couple of seasons of the Boys, and he was also in Fear Street. He was Ryan Torres from Fear Street ninety four, like the first killer for the cold open killer. Mm-hmm. So this does justify a tie in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and I do want to point out, um, Tad's uh, cousin, who's Daniel, is played by Mark Webber, who um, reminds me of another big music movie I think of. Uh, he was in Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Yeah, uh, yeah, He played Stephen Stills in it.
1: Which one was he? Uh, was he one of the boy, the ex-boyfriends?
0: No, he was in the band. That Oh, Scott no, I
1: remember in. him now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: um then we also have um i'm gonna pronounce her name wrong i'm terribly sorry in advance uh imogen poots yeah i think is how you pronounce her name Mm -hmm. i didn't look into it i'm a bad i'm a bad podcast host i don't look into people's names i just give it the old college try i only really Um,
1: did it for the director because i was writing his name down a lot and i was like i really hope i say (laughs) this right (laughs)
0: Uh, she plays Amber in this movie, uh, but she's been in other horror movies, uh, like 28 Weeks Later, the Fright Night remake, and uh, Vivarium.
1: Dude, you, Vivarium's really, really good with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, and uh, mm-hmm. 28 Weeks Later is also fucking great. And I think a lot of people associated with this also did Fright Night. The, I think maybe there was, I don't know, you didn't. No one, the same one, it wasn't the same director, uh, but whatever, mm. for whatever reason, they might be the same Produ- production companies or whatever. But, man, we got to cover that movie at some point, too.
0: Also, uh, Eric Edelston, who plays Big Justin, who's the bouncer of the group. I can't place where I know him from. But, my God, do I know him from somewhere. And it's been killing me for, like, a week since I saw the movie because I just can't place it.
1: I looked him up. Uh. I didn't write anything down. But, uh He was like, he was in Jurassic (laughs) World. Yeah.
0: Um, He did a couple episodes on Parks and Rec, which is probably how I know him. Yeah. But I just can't place it. And it's been driving me nuts.
1: He was a voice on uh, this, the Cartoon Network show. We bear bear, we bear bears or whatever the fuck. So I'm just like, oh Mm -hmm. man, it's kind of funny when like people that do voices of things, of people, like of characters, you know, then like Mm -hmm. play characters of like unspeakable violence
0: Yeah. Like, it's just
1: fun to be like, oh, like, Patrick Stewart, who we'll get to later. Um, Because everybody knows who
0: Patrick Stewart is. Yeah. Like, also Patrick Stewart's there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's the fun little, like, surprise cast member to just round out how stacked this cast is.
1: It's also kind of funny that the majority of the cast for this uniquely American story aren't American. It's kind of Mm -hmm. interesting in that way. Um because, I don't know, we'll get into it a bit here later on, but uh, the other like side of the coin of this movie, um, there's like the punk side and the punk aspect and the punk lifestyle and those characters, uh, and then mm-hmm. there's a, a whole side of the coin that's just white supremacy and a mm-hmm. very um, underground, dark, scary kind of white supremacy that uh, I feel like is kind of... Not talked about very often, um, mm-hmm. and for some weird reason, fascinates me. Like, not in a in the way that I want to join them. I, trust yeah. me, it, I'm more like in a in terms of like why I'm also fascinated with like the mob. Like, it's just it's a criminal organization forensically because I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in that whole world, um, and so just the fact that it's put to use in this movie is like ooh shit.
0: Uh, so let's set the
1: scene, though. Set the scene. So, like, we've kind of talked a little bit about elements here and there, but, like, what's going on?
0: Uh, so, yeah. So they're, they've had these gigs canceled, and they're trying to just get some work, get their music out there. And so Tad sets them up with a gig uh, opening for another band with his cousin Daniel that he knows of. And when they get there, they're like, oh, shit. This is, like, not well, yeah. a good scene for us. He did This warn is not the- going to end well.
1: And because, Did he? Yeah, yeah. So it's weird. Okay, so the punk scene, one of the things I do know is that there's a very, they have a very weird relationship, like a lot of extreme uh, genres of music do, with Nazis. Um, it's mm-hmm. weird, but it's just true. Uh, Nazis always end up liking some kind of obscurely extreme music for whatever reason. Uh, and in mm-hmm. this case, uh, the punks are, like, staunchly anti-Nazi because their ideals are more anarchy, which is, like, literally the opposite of fascism. So they just yeah. are, like, f- blood-hate each other. And it's like, of course, the Nazis suck. You got to stop the Nazis. But, like, You got to stop the Nazis. Punks, like, really hate Nazis. So it's like, all right, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, so because of that, there's, like, a weird subgroup of... subgenre of punk that I looked up, and I can't believe there's a name for it, called National Socialist Black Metal, which is basically Nazi punk. Uh, and mm-hmm. apparently it's got a very exciting, dark uh, rabbit hole that I chose for my own mental health this week to not go down. So Probably um, for the best. Yeah. So <laughs> but, so like because of that, the band knows that there's a Nazi element out there uh, so mm-hmm. they're like, you know, where's the show? And, and Tad's like, you know, it's kind of out rural in, you know, skinhead territory. Like it's a skinhead bar. So mm-hmm. they're like, fuck, you know, that's not cool. But like if they keep cool, like, you know, they can get out of it and it'll be fun. Well,
0: and they need the payday cause they know it's going right, to pay right. a couple hundred bucks So they'll be able to get to their next show, and they just have to deal with it because they're in a position where they can't say no. Yeah, I mean they just played a fucking
1: Los Charos. I mean, they're like twenty bucks. Yeah, like they're already not doing so hot so far.
0: Mm Well, yeah, like, uh, when we meet them at the beginning of the movie, they're not doing so hot because they're all passed out in a car that has run into cornfields.
1: Yeah, because they fell asleep on the wheel and just rolled into mm-hmm. a cornfield, and the car just ran. And just left and it running. Yeah, and then yeah. it just died, and they're like, well, fuck. <laughs> now we gotta go mm-hmm. steal gas.
0: Uh, so, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, they they do the show. They're not thrilled about it. Um but they start off with just yelling at the Nazis for like two minutes, which they see the audience riling up from. Well,
1: of course, because they're Cause Nazis. They're gonna. Yeah, like, are you like okay? Like, okay, <laughs> like okay, there's a little bit of a difference, Pat between being punk for being authentic and being fucking stupid.
0: And this is to one be of fair, those times. Pat didn't make that call. Oh, no. That um, who was did? all Tiger. Was that Tiger? Yeah, okay.
1: Tiger's... Come on. He was, he's tiger. Tiger has like balls it. of steel. He does, but like... As soon as they were like, oh, we should do it. As soon as I got up there, everyone was like, if you chicken out, like, we'll tell them you're Jewish or something. Like, they're like, no, bro. Yeah. (laughs) You said you would. Like, you better fucking do it. So they're just enabling each other. But, like, it's Mm -hmm. they're just so scrappy and innocent. And I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have done that, though. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, then they stumble into the back room, their, their green room, where they're supposed to set up, because they're opening which is, for a headlining band.
0: Mm-hmm. So all of their stuff has been moved out into the hallway, which they know things are a little off to, because before their set, when they were moving into the green room, the um, bouncer was very adamant about keeping the hallway clear, because they're very conscientious about fire codes. And yeah. so they're very shocked to find their stuff out in the hallway for them to just start packing up and leaving. And then um, Pat has to go back into the green room because um, what's Mabie's name in this one? Uh, Sam um, (laughs) has left her. (laughs) She's left her phone in the green room, so he has to go grab it so that they don't forget it before they leave. And when he walks in there, he sees a dead body laying on the ground with a knife in the head. And immediately that that man... Yeah. (laughs) He starts calling 911 without even like leaving the room.
1: Like, again, you just barely got through your sets asking Mm -hmm. the Nazis to kill you. Why do you fucking call 911? Like, just give it a minute to walk outside with Sam's phone and then discreetly call 911 and then drive the fuck out of there.
0: Yeah, then leave. Like, Pat.
1: This is the first of many mistakes
0: that you've made. Yeah, and so then they're all thrown into the green room with the uh, with the dead body and um, uh, not Emily Amber. Emily yeah. is the dead body. They all get um, thrown, thrown in there, like,
1: like them, the band, the girls, um, and Big Justin. Uh, while the yeah. owner or whoever's like in, the supervisor, the manager of the place, uh, goes and makes a call. That's gay. And that's right? when yes. That's when red flags start getting thrown. So like mm-hmm. for th- for those thankfully unaware of uh militant white supremacist underground terrorist organizations, um this is about yeah. when it's, you start to notice that it's not just a skinhead bar. It's also directly fucking linked with a probable terrorist network. And like this is mm. not like I have, I'll go on a little tirade about this later, but like these are not like Donald Trump supporter type people. You know, like they're not those type of people in the in the that are portrayed in the media and all that shit. These are mm-hmm. different. These are actually legitimately dangerous terrorists. Uh, these are that active
0: are, people you should be concerned about. Yeah, and, and they're also active. You see them.
1: They're active terrorists that are openly defended by conservative and alt right politicians. And it's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, and yeah. we're trying to be positive.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to try to talk as little about, like, the yeah. bad side of Nazis. Because, like,
1: I do have a little... Knows, I do have, like, we got to talk about it
0: because it's part of the movie. But, like, we do. And that's why Let's I'm Let's also glad. just put it out there right now. We're not Nazi supporters. We never will be not. Nazi supporters. Of course not because we're not stupid of
1: course we're not i mean i hope that's very i just need to
0: cover our bases it's gotta be on record you're right yeah it's gotta be on record recorded here for the world to know you're right square horror never have and never will support nazis
1: neither danny hollander nor matt berry support any known white supremacist or alt-right movements we are in that we are not Cool or down with people that are being violent and being criminals like these people are. Uh, yes. But on a positive note, Patrick Stewart is in charge of them. <laughs> so uh, somewhere down the line, Picard said, how about we, I change everything about me uh, and start leading a militant white supremacist
0: t- terrorist cell? This is not my Captain Picard I grew up with. No, no, nor
1: is this Professor Charles Xavier, who is the patron of <laughs> peace and nonviolence, except when it serves his cause. But, like,
0: yeah, he's not
1: bad. He's not a Nazi. I mean, come on.
0: Well, and I do want to mention that uh, part of the reason that Patrick Stewart agreed to do this movie was because he was actively terrified by the character of Darcy in the script. So much so that when he finished reading it, he locked his security system in his house and fucking, uh, like, poured himself a glass of scotch to, like, try to unwind from reading about this.
1: Oh, yeah. And... What I think is one of my favorite things about uh, horror villains specifically um, is that uh, the director wanted this character, Darcy, who's in charge of this whole network, uh, to trump Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Stewart's star power. Because, like, Patrick Stewart is a big deal. Yeah, Uh, so getting him attached to this movie is one thing, but the fact that he's playing this character is a whole other thing. So he mm-hmm. wanted the character and the the presence to trump how, like, like you, you forget that it's Patrick Stewart. Because, like, yeah, yeah, Patrick Stewart is in this, but you'll wish he was fucking dead. Like, <laughs> you're going to not like him. Um, but the more that the director wanted the weight of the character to be seen. So, like, they don't have a lot of Patrick Stewart featured in this movie. Because the character is supposed to be seen and felt through the band members who don't know him. They they only hear his voice for most of the movie. But because of that, the way they they uh, establish his presence. Presence mm-hmm. is like the single scariest thing somebody can hold in a horror movie. Tyler Maine's yeah. Michael Myers. Uh, jo- James, uh, James Jude Courtney's Michael Myers. Uh, mm-hmm. In my opinion, the... Uh, Some of the aspects of the purge that are the scariest to me.
0: Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Yeah,
1: its presence is the single most horrifying thing that a a person can do, and and Mm -hmm. to to hold because it's wordless, it's silent, and it's just you feel it, and it makes or breaks an antagonist, and I think it Mm -hmm. makes this one for sure. Yeah. Did you see uh, how he was talking about the first day on set uh, that Patrick Stewart was there? Um, so they was like, man, I'm sorry that I'm, like, not using you at all uh, because we're trying to, like, do a bunch of other shit and, like, you're not just not on screen. Uh, but, like, mm-hmm. thanks for being here. Uh, you know, the next day when he has actually got to do some shit, they actually got to talk and he's like, bro, I'm so sorry that, like, I asked you to just come here and, like, do nothing. Like, I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart. Like, he became the fanboy. Like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, Patrick Stewart. Like, don't hate mm-hmm. me. Please don't walk off my movie. <laughs> like, I need you, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, and, like, it's also terrifying because you know that the character of Darcy has been at this for a long time. because oh, he's he professional. Has this down to a science. Oh, yeah. And, like, he knows who exactly to call, who to use, whether or not this is a red lace only type thing, whether he can use whoever it is, how he, which weapons they can and can't use in order to make it look like it was all an accident. It's horrifying.
1: These people that are, that are out there, there's not a lot of them, but, like, they're criminals. Like, they would be in any other Mm -hmm. criminal organization, like Al-Qaeda or whatever. They're very smart. Otherwise, we would have caught them, like. They know law enforcement strategies uh, if they mm-hmm. don't have people, you know, bought out in a, in a corrupt power position anyway. Like, they know the system and they know how to exploit it. Like, a lot of these people get to live out there. Like, the reason is, like, why don't we just go arrest them? It's like, well, they can't be provably tied to any crime because they're mm-hmm. this good. They're like the mob. Like, they're, they're like the mob with a scarier agenda. Uh, yeah, because they're motivated by hate, and that's their entire modus of recruitment.
0: And mm-hmm. you know, well, like, like even <laughs> even with like a unknown obstacle of uh, Pat immediately calling nine one one and saying that there had been a stabbing, they immediately were like, all right, we got a, we got a stage of stabbing outside the front door. Yeah, like we that's need to how make this they are. We need two people who are ready to take a stab if they need to right now and they're there without a doubt they're ready to go they're like a mix bro oh yeah they're
1: like a mix between the mob and like a cult like Mm -hmm. they have these like fanatic soldiers that you know like what's terrifying about red laces i don't know if you came across this in the research uh Mm -hmm. but that's a real thing uh in Mm -hmm. hate groups uh, and it signifies that you have shed blood for the cause. Whether uh, it be
0: yours or someone else's.
1: Yeah, usually it's somebody else's. Uh, yeah. And, you know, they, they, uh. it's, a, it's an attractive you know, type of gang initiation that recruits young, uh, someti- somewhat you know, victimized or disenfranchised young men who have a lot of rage mm-hmm. and don't have a so, like a solid support network just like gangs recruit people and terrorists recruit people they mm-hmm. just do this type of shit and it it you can very quickly get them linked to you forever by getting them to m- commit crimes for you and then they basically become a perfect little like soldier for you to brainwash and order to do whatever you want uh, that are mm-hmm. disposable that you can just send in to do your bidding and it doesn't care it doesn't matter to you if they live or die so, like, yeah. while these guys are the bad guys, like, they're just, like, for lack of a better word, they're, like, the dog. Like, they're not mm-hmm. actually, like, they're, like, the weapon. And Darcy yeah. is actually the the main antagonist, just delineating his
0: his tactics. Oh, yeah. and it's Darcy's, like, like, a game master for yeah. this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Huh.
1: I don't know, man. I, just my little say-so, like, I know that this is some pretty heavy, dark shit. Uh, And Mm -hmm. we won't be on it for much longer. Uh, But I I was talking to you a little bit about it earlier. I don't know what it is uh, about this type of subtopic that I like from like a therapeutic and forensic interest point of view. But like it really sucks Mm -hmm. me in. Um, And I I feel like just my little tiny soapbox is like when when you hear about like racism and stuff nowadays, I'm really glad that there's a a public push that it's now seen as not okay to, Mm -hmm. to be racist and to hold a lot of these antiquated types of hateful beliefs. Um, But there's a big difference between like comedians saying a racist joke and like these guys. And it's Mm -hmm. like, obviously, but I mean, in terms of like, to them, it's not, just like you were born in a different generation like they have an agenda they have mm-hmm. an active focus and a direction that is dangerous and it's deliberately yeah. trying to hurt other people um i personally believe there's like a huge difference between like militant criminals and like when your uncle says like some racist shit uh, mm-hmm. when you take into account like who your friends are and um you know who you're thinking about like there's a lot of trends about, like, cutting out people that are toxic and things like that. And I'm not saying, like, mm-hmm. oh, cancel culture or whatever. But, like, there is something to be said about, like, there's a big difference between cutting out somebody who just maybe you can you could see eye to eye on other things and it doesn't really matter that they don't think the same way as you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, cut these people out. Like, get rid of these people. Like, cut them oh, out. Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. Like, Cut it might be... all ties. Yeah, Do and, not. like, on a positive note, like, it might make people maybe more willing to want to compromise seeing a movie like this and seeing kind of, like, the real bad guys that are out there. Like, these are the people that mm-hmm. are trying to manipulate things to get normal people to kind of believe more of what they say instead of the right shit. Uh, mm-hmm. So just, I don't know, maybe this movie's important because it's good to, like, know about perspective and, I don't know, you get to learn a little bit about you know, some real stuff that's out there, but see it in a in a way that kind of makes you not afraid of it as much. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my brighter side for Green Room, <laughs> at least on the Nazi stuff.
0: <laughs> so yeah, to like kinda of circle it all around to make it to give it a positive light yes. to look at this movie. Which is what we try to do with this whole show, is to put positive yeah. lights on things that seem very intense or very yeah. overwhelming, which To your average moviegoer, this movie probably would be very overly intense for them. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they think about the implications.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a reason why. It's not just like, you know, I love Rob Zombie, but, like, there doesn't need to be (laughs) Nazis and shit all the time. Like, for no reason. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of in poor taste sometimes. Like, I, I don't know. This is not one of those times. Like, this is yeah. very much a part of the story, like an unnecessary element to tell this specific story. Uh, Absolutely. And in the same vein, the same could be said about the fucking gratuitous violence. Uh, Which it, it we're came, about to get to. Oh. Yeah. So, before we get into that, the the movie apparently came from Saulnier's desire to want to create a thriller set in a green room. Uh, like, you mm. know, for... Those that are not in the theater. Uh, it's where, like, actors and performers hang out before and after their, their set or their show. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just kind of like their lounge area, like, where they get to hang out. Um, mm-hmm. So because he knows the scene, he's familiar with what the implications of a story like that with elements like mm-hmm. this could be like. So he wanted a chance to do this Green Room movie uh, as, like, balls to the wall as he could. And kind well, of because it,
0: he had made a short film based yeah, on the same idea. But it was, like, supernatural a, shit instead. Well, yeah, he did it as a film challenge that he had to make in, like, two days. And he made it supernatural, and he was like, oh, it was fun and goofy and ha- all, like, hammed up. But he was like, but I really <laughs> want to, like, do it right. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's impressive. Because, yeah. man, did he do it right. He did. <laughs> And he kind of comes Holy out in... shit. He
1: kind of comes up on the side of uh, the defense of torture porn, like what we mm-hmm. were talking about back in the Saw series. Like, although the film features a lot of violence um, and what he says himself as full frontal gore, which I kind of love that term, uh, mm-hmm. he's gone on record as saying that it's not a sadistic movie. Every act of violence, apart from the inciting incident, like the murder, is done mm-hmm. with Intent and with a reason. Uh, Uh, At least from someone's perspective.
0: As such. It's someone's survival at stake.
1: Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, violence for shit's sake. And I know with movies Mm -hmm. like this, it's kind of a little bit better when it's in service of the plot. So, as such, he made sure that there was never, like, gratuitous close ups of dead bodies. Um, Mm -hmm. They didn't linger on wounds. It wasn't, like, you know. remember that scene in Spiral where, like, he breaks that guy's leg and then he, like, fucks with it? And there's, like, close-ups on it? Like, that's kind of like, ugh, don't do that shit. So, like, like, he avoided that.
0: When people have that intense attack and then they're, for lack of a better metaphor, taken off the chessboard, you don't see them again. (laughs) That is a really good metaphor. That is a great fucking comparison. Thank you, thank you. Because it is, you're, Uh... (laughs) to go
1: with the fucking Game Master thing, it's absolutely apt.
0: Mm hmm. Damn. Okay, so let's get into this. So at this point, Darcy's been brought onto the scene um, because he normally doesn't actually come to the premises if he doesn't have to, because um, the band has locked themselves in the green room with Big Justin. and they're essentially like, we're just going to wait here until the police come. Not knowing that the police have already come and gone thinking that they solved the stabbing. Yeah, they
1: solved they, they Exactly. They got him away. And it was really sweet. Like, they had that big exchange. Like, once Darcy got there and was like, this is how we're going to handle the situation. The headlining band, the guys that killed that girl, are going to leave. Uh, and in such, like, a cool forever purge, like, stranger's way, that the singer who killed that girl... But, like, all mm-hmm. the calmness of, like, one of the strangers is, like, dude, your set list was really cool. I fucking love that one, that one song at the end. What was it called? And they're, like, oh, you know, this one. He's, like, yeah, it was fucking great. That's the one I killed her to. And then leaves. It's, like, Ugh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: then
1: Darcy's the one that's, like, negotiating with them about, like, all right, so what's, what are your terms? Uh, this is, mm-hmm. like, what can, what can I do to get you to, to listen to me?
0: Yeah, and then when he finally gets them to think about agreeing to give them the gun, but they're going to keep the bullets because they don't want it to immediately be used against them, um, Pat is the one who goes to the door and starts to... Well, and Pat's essentially put in, like, this unwilling... not unwilling, but, like... He doesn't want to be the leader, but he's stuck being the leader for the group right now because everybody else is, like, at a level 12, and yeah. he's still at, like, a 9, so, like, he's the one who's the most, like, sane.
1: Well, and I gave him a pass for a while because Reese was the one that just straight up, like, attacked Big Justin. Like, he straight up was like, well, yeah. I'll just take He's it. got
0: Big Justin in, like, a wrestling hold where he could break his arm.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, bro, you did not need to escalate shit like that. Mm-hmm.
0: But um, what Pat doesn't realize when he opens the door crack and starts to put his hand out to throw the gun is that there are other people there in the corner with knives to start slashing at him
1: because and bullets uh, ballistically would fuck up the story that it was like an accident or whatever so they have to use mm -hmm. just
0: blades but because of
1: that they fuck up his whole arm
0: (laughs) yeah his arm is fucked like not to get too graphic, but I have to get a little graphic yeah. here. So if you're, if you're, like, squeamish, please skip, like, 15 seconds ahead while I describe this. But, like, his wrist is, like, barely hanging his hand on Yeah, He's a new, He becomes a
1: fucking nearly handless pat over yeah. here. Like it's, and, it's like, very... they duct
0: tape it back together oh, shit, so it holds it. in place. And that... Yeah, ah.
1: but it doesn't linger, and it's more like, okay, this is a medical emergency Mm -hmm. that we now have to deal with like it's how they do it like the remake of wrong turn like all injuries are now like a shit you gotta deal with uh and And at that point
0: uh fucking uh what's his name breaks big justin's arm it big justin is not is not happy and they start strangling him trying to just knock him out but he keeps coming to so amber takes the box cutter they took out of his pocket and just slices him open To kill him. They just get the job done. Yeah, because I'm like, man. And Darcy's like, well, we'll wait until you come out then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, that, I mean, at that point, they stop, like, putting on airs of, like, dealing with them as if they're not going to kill them. Like, Mm -hmm. at the certain point, they're like, we don't need, like, Darcy's like, I don't need to communicate with them anymore. They just need to be dead. So, at that point, he's like, yeah, whatever, and leaves. And he's like, all right. That's you guys did this. And then he leaves. And then it's like Alright, every I send my chess pieces in. Uh mm-hmm. and it's really when the full frontal gore kicks into high effect. Uh yeah. and it what's so terrifying is the immediate cut back to the band is like at that point they're just desperately trying to rip their way out of the room any way they can, desperately trying to figure out how to not get obliterated and well
0: yeah and that's when they find out that there's a secret what is it a cocaine stash underneath the green room do they
1: discover it then but they i think they know there's something down there they just don't know about it yet but yes it is a it's a drug den down there so they they are a a fucking terrorist network and are selling drugs to fund their Mm -hmm. outfit and i'm like you guys are fucked
0: (laughs) yeah but so after that they're like guys uh there's no one out there right there so I think we can check the exits and see if one of them will make will make it, so we can get out alive. And, and then, then they, they try all the exits up to and they fucking go. And every single exit is covered. Yeah, man. By something or someone. And some of them are able to like maybe or fuck her name's Sam and this shit. Yeah, Sam uses a f- uh, fire extinguisher to like blind her assailant. Um, one door is covered by a guard dog that just yeah, chews okay, somebody's so... throat. <laughs>
1: They're so evil, like and Nazi-esque that, like, they have attack dogs. They've specifically that are trained commanded to kill in German. Of course, they fucking are. So, but yeah, like, they're not even German shepherds though. So, like, they're not actually that authentic. So, like, they can yeah. go fuck themselves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they use these dogs to pretty sweet effect, uh, and they kill tiger. Like, one just jumps and rips his throat out, like. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, literally, like, once And then you never there, see him again. next second that's he's it. fucking dead, yeah. Uh, like, when they rendezvous back, they're like, bro, where's Tiger? And they're like, I don't know. And, and Reese climbs out that one window, thinking it's open, and then you get stabbed to death. Like, immediately, like, mm-hmm. boom, that's it. You're done. It's yeah. like, you might as well be playing, like, Until Dawn, being like, oh, well, made that decision poorly, but he's dead. That's it. And it's like, fuck. They just killed well, those two people that we learned to love.
0: Well, and it's brilliant that Pat runs away from the dog and tries to use the feedback of the mic right up against the monitor. That to is give really cool. Loud, high-pitched squeech that the dog won't be able to take, so the dog has to run away.
1: Well, and didn't he that do that to save move. Amber, or did Amber do it to save him? Because up until did that point, to save him because okay, he's up until holding that it point, back
0: with the mic stand.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's right. Up until that point, Amber's just kind of there. And like they deliberately yeah. even like shot her that way, where like they didn't give her like a close up until she had been like become part of the group, because uh, mm-hmm. she's just like they don't know her. Uh, she knows these people, well, and she and is knows not that they're them. gonna die. Y- yeah, she's like, bro, we're like fucked. But like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you why. And like, they don't really trust her. But after that point, once they start losing people, and she proves her worth when the chips are down. Uh, Pat specifically is very averse to her, but over time he comes around to her, and mm-hmm. I think this is the beginning of that. And their relationship is almost not; it's very unspoken, but you can mm-hmm. see the chemistry very, very
0: well. Yeah, and I forgot to mention before they left, they had this really cute moment. Yeah, where they're like actually talking about like desert island band, like yeah, because they like, to break their <laughs> facade of like. Them being like these really cool people are like, who do you actually really like? Who could you not live without? Yeah,
1: like s- stop being a punk for just one second. You're about to die. Like, because they had a scene earlier when they were in, were doing the radio interview. Like, who's your desert island Van? They're all like misfits, dead Kennedys, you know, the Clash. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, those are all like the right answers. And Pat but, like, could never announce his. Yeah, Pat was like, bro, out. I can't, I can't figure it out, bro. Um, and this time they're like. Madonna, like they're just being real.
0: Um, yeah,
1: and it's it's kind of cool that they kind of break character uh, in mm-hmm. that way. Uh, but and yeah, then... as people start to die, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they meet another unlikely ally, that guy Daniel, who was Tad's yeah. cousin.
0: Yeah, and uh, they find out that Daniel was in a relationship with emily the person who was killed and they were going to escape that night and finally get away from all of this
1: and it's cool because earlier tad was like you know i need you guys to be out of the apartment because i got to clean up because my cousin and his girl are crashing at my place because he was going to be the place that they left when they were he was their
0: safe haven
1: right and it's like as that plot like unfolds and you learn more and more about what was happening and like It's like, this band really was just in the wrong place at the wrong fucking time.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is all just an accidental happenstance that they just have to—that the skinheads just kind of have to adapt to, and the band has to try to figure their way out of without dying.
1: Yeah, because they were already kind of operating on a razor's edge, because Mm -hmm. just like a cult and the mob— uh, of course they found out that Daniel and Emily were leaving and Daniel is like mm-hmm. up there with Darcy so like he's a very trusted uh, Yeah, he's like a right hand man yeah like he, wr- he walked in and like talked people down to get in there to tell them like bro we got to get the fuck out of here and people believed him because they trusted him because he's a mm-hmm. he's a high up member um very reminiscent of like American History X like if you've never seen that movie like it's it's very much on this level uh, but it does a very good job of establishing, like, this type of world and how mm-hmm. hard it is to leave that. Uh, but, of course, they find out him and Emily are leaving. Mm-hmm. And I think it's established that Emily is Darcy's daughter or something.
0: There, th- yeah, there's some kind of relationship with Emily and the group. I don't remember what it was.
1: I think she's Uh-oh. somebody's daughter or, like, sister or something that she's just mm-hmm. involved in that life and cannot leave. Because leaving yeah. would be tantamount to like, okay, well, how do we know you're not going to tell the authorities anything? So mm-hmm. what they have to do instead is kill them. So the, the murder in the green room was like a fucking hit, like a professional, like, it's like the mob and they whack people. Like, mm-hmm. they ordered this band to kill this woman and then go out and then play their set, you know? Yeah. Like, it's fucked. And it's very unfortunate also for Daniel that, like, as soon as we find out he was working against them and it, like, kind of revealed himself to be kind of cool, uh, and we realize that, like, he was about to betray them, we figure out that, like, they figured it out. And then they Mm -hmm. immediately shoot him in the head. (laughs) That was what made me be my pants. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah, Daniel was like, I know the one way out that they're not going to be watching. And someone in their high-up group had figured it out and just... Has a shotgun and goes too late, and it's the sh- surprise of a shotgun shell to his head.
1: Because he's like, Yeah, I understand why that would Under make you the bar, like, for the shotgun, and it's not there, uh-huh. and then he gets shot in the fucking head, and I'm like, Oh! Mm-hmm. And, it's sc- and then it kicks off a very sudden, very violent, quick, like, machete battle. Uh, yeah. Like, when they hack that dude in the neck, like, it's scarily accurate how it's depicted. It's like, Way to go! Mm-hmm fx department for this whole thing like everything was very done by the book you know
0: well yeah and at that point darcy's like all right we've taken care of everything that really needs to be taken care of the others can go missing or die in different ways we just need to get rid of them now so i'm gonna start the cleanup and setting up the accidental crime scene while you guys finish the job so we can take care of this and be done yeah and and then they make the best plan By counting down uh, how many bullets they have,
1: they do, but they should, their first plan was just like bum rush them with the gun and try to kill as many people as possible. And it kind of worked, but if they had just committed to it and then they still had the dogs and that's how Sam got killed, and then Mm -hmm. Pat and, and Amber were like, maybe that's a bad idea, we'll just lock down and try to figure something else out. But yeah, then they find out a way to like solid snake their way out like fucking champs.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that at that point, Gabe essentially walks up to them as like, "I want to go to jail for what yeah, I've <laughs> he's done." Yeah, so like, oh, bro, I'm sorry. Done. and I'm like, well, damn, yeah, <laughs> Gabe had a change of heart.
1: He did, and they, I feel like there's a lot of people that are like that. Where like they're just in too deep that they're like, either mm-hmm. I can't leave because like they'll kill me, or I'll go to prison. And it's like you know, it's like Goodfellas, you know, like another positive spin. Yeah, you know, like it's mm-hmm. you're like at, like when your your back is against the wall, a lot of these guys' only chance at like making it out alive and like having some semblance of a life is if they turn state's evidence and they just flip on them, mm-hmm. uh, which would be a, a nightmare scenario for like the the network because then you're all fucked. It's game over, mm-hmm. um, and it, I mean it, this is game over for them because you know Gabe helps out uh, the two of them. They're able to track down Darcy to his ranch and surprise him.
0: Mm-hmm. And not only surprise him, but take him out. Oh, actively. yeah. Like, they actively finish it the up. They take out the dog wrangler and the uh, Aunt Darcy, who led the whole operation. Yeah. And then uh, this poor dog who was in... No, nuh-uh,
1: an... n- uh-uh, no. The dog does not get to be sad that his master You is wrote
0: dead. the dog is sad, Matt.
1: And I, did you, you see did the this. did you see the eye roll emoji that I wrote right oh, next to I it? Oh, I missed.
0: I did miss that. <laughs> but in in the turning of the dog, the dog wasn't the dog had no You're like right. bad moral standing. It, was, it just was just following doing its orders. job like the crazy, Nazis not a, were... no, no, stop. <laughs> I saw <he>? that coming. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came down to it, even when the dog sees the people again, it doesn't attack because it knows, yeah. it doesn't know that that's the whole point. Yeah, it it's goes to its owner to and just kill. dies next to it because it do- does actively it die? the dog. Well, the dog was poisoned because they were like, "The dog will live for one more hour before it's dead. I would like him to die with meat between his teeth," because that's oh, yeah. what they did. He did say they well, set I didn't it.
1: F- understand that they set the yeah, dogs like on a timer.
0: They poisoned the dog with a slow-acting poison so that it would die in X amount of time so that by the time the police showed up, it wouldn't be a problem. It okay. would have been taken out. Jesus. <sighs> they, they know how to cover their tracks so terrifyingly well that yeah, they're ready to lose everything for it. And you know,
1: that also kind of is a stripe of some of these losers that are out in the forest trying to live on their own in a, in a commune of, of hate. Is that more often than not they like think of themselves as like so smart and intelligent that they'll think mm-hmm. of dumb shit like this, and it's like, dude, the cops wouldn't have even bothered to look, and the fact that you're like, we'll check the dogs, they're dead. I bet like that's an untrace like I bet if they were poisoned, it was like untraceable, like you're just mm-hmm. digging your own grave because you're a fucking idiot because you want them to know how smart you are, like yeah, I don't know, sometimes I feel like oh, yeah, it seems like they're like, oh, they could never be caught. it's like sometimes, like, the shit that trips them up is like the unregistered firearms thing. And then they all, like, take cyanide pills because they think the government's going to come in and, like, end their regime when really they're like, you're just some dickhead with a fucking unregistered rifle. Like, we didn't give a shit about you. Like, we we were not concerned about you. But, like, these guys were, like, selling drugs and, you know, probably had bombs and things that were a problem. So I'm glad
0: they're Yeah. Yeah. So, and it ends with the classic mid-2010s. It's gonna finish with the payoff (laughs) to a joke they set up. And then they say, no, we don't care. The movie is over.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I know what my, my... Pat's sitting there, he's like, I know what my Desert Island band is. And she's like, who fucking cares? And the movie's just
0: over. And then roll credits. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, that's Green Room. Uh, I really like it uh, for weird ways. It's a really
0: interesting movie. And I I think the people who will be able to watch it, having listened to all of this and not think it's too extreme for them, will get a very interesting experience out of it.
1: Yeah, Because there's yeah. a
0: lot to talk about with this movie. And some things we we just don't have the time or we haven't had the chance to look into enough to give it a proper, like, talking through everything that happens in this movie. Because yeah, no, there's just I mean, not it, enough time in the world. It speaks for
1: itself, too. Like, it really just, like, because of the way it's shot and, like, the way it puts you in the moment and it, you really feel it. Like, us telling you about it is, like, yeah, you know what happens, but, like, it really for lack of a better word, like is an experience. Like if you really yes. are sitting there paying attention to it, like you'll feel it, man, and it's it's a really interesting uh, type of experience for that. Mm-hmm. It is very intense, but like I, I don't know, I like that. Yes, shit. you
0: have to be prepared for a very intense ride, but if you are ready for that, you are in for a great, great ho- modern horror movie. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah
1: oh man follow our instagram at the underscore square horror podcast
0: you can reach us at square at gmail.com
1: we'll um do something very different next week uh, yes next week I'm we promise. have a
0: very different treat for you guys before we have to take a bit of a hiatus well yeah, nobody
1: um, dies there's no attack dogs there's no red laces it's
0: just yeah there's no nazis okay. yeah there's
1: no nazis <laughs> <laughs> thank
0: god uh, but yeah, it's gonna be a very different experience before we have to go on our winter hiatus, uh, and then we will be back after that one in the new year in twenty twenty three.
1: Something with with that we, something. of course, totally have planned. Yes. So don't totally. worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some big
0: ideas for next year, though. So um, we do have some fun things in the works. <gasps> There's a lot of shit you guys don't know about. Oh, yeah. Uh, But until next time.
1: My advice, Nazi punks,
0: fuck off. You stay spooky out there.